On this week's episode, Chris gushes over Ed Brubaker. I detail the great week Into the Spider-Verse is having, and we give our theories for the future of Netflix's Marvel programming. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Hello. As Good. always, I am T here with Chris. Good afternoon. Or afternoon. evening. Do we post on... Or, or night, well, or it's... Nighttime. I guess it depends on when they listen, right? Yeah. So. Good morning, good evening, good night. I'll just, I'll leave a blank, and you fill in the blank. Hey, everybody, good to you. <laughs> we could be, like, super posh British and be like, good day. Good day. Good morrow, <laughs> traveler, <laughs> potion seller. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. Comics. Yeah. So. What did you read? This I read week? a couple number ones let's this week. Okay, nice. So the new Captain Marvel is out. The Kelly Thompson. Mm-hmm. It's getting. Mixed you know, I heard reviews. they're gonna do a movie for that one. Really? Yeah. That would be still, really interesting. I think. It's, I think. it's still in pre-production. I don't yeah, know. I don't you know, know if I've we only know heard like any casting news or just anything, some mumbles. Yeah, yeah, you yeah know? just whispers on the wind. I heard some about Cheese Larson. I don't know. <laughs> the I, the, the <laughs> Cheese Larson. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! I nailed it, you guys. <laughs> you got a hernia from that pun. <laughs> hey, I get one, too. He gets all of them. That's not fair. But, yeah, so the new run is Kelly Thompson. It's getting some mixed discussion. Mm-hmm. I think some people thought... It's true. Not a ton happens in this issue. Yeah, I saw some reviews where it was kind of boring, I guess. It doesn't... like It's, it's a lot to get to the like final setup, is what I've heard. Yes. And yeah. that's not untrue, but I think, for me, I actually enjoyed it because I really enjoyed the old run of Captain Marvel. Like, the... Not old, old, but um, prior to the life of Captain Marvel, the actual, mm-hmm. like one prior to that and that one was a lot about her and her relationships to people and like quippy dialogue and developing her as a person and this felt like it went back to that i wasn't a huge fan of the life of captain marvel run like i understand they wanted to make her legitimately career or whatever it was a long way to go for a retcon yeah it was it was a hefty retcon too and not necessarily my favorite but that's you know that's okay it's fine whatever um, but this one, like, it's, you know, it's Carol rolling around with, or, yeah, Jessica Drew being weird and mm-hmm. hitting on, uh, Rhodey, and it, nice. it was nice, but it sets up that there's gonna be some weird, like, interdimensional stuff, and I'm digging that. Mm-hmm. Um. Be cool to see where it goes. I'm, I'm into it. I'm feeling it. And I think Kelly's do- doing a really good job channeling the voice, which is nice. I was a little nervous, because sometimes Kelly can has a very particular kind of voicing style, which is usually great. Like, I'm not arguing with it. But this one actually felt like she had obviously read the previous books, and so she knew how Captain Marvel's supposed to sound. Mm. So that was really nice. I, cool. I appreciate consistency. The other thing that I read this week was Young Justice number one, and it was... I, I, don't, I don't even know... Like, Which cover I, did we get? Because there was like a million covers. I got the meme cover. Oh, the Superboy. Yeah. I love that one. I love that cover. It cracks me up so hard. It's so silly. He's so like punk fly. And it's great. <laughs> I love it. But um, 
that book is so... I, I don't even, I, that's the thing. I really enjoyed it, I think, but I don't totally know even what to say about it because it's bizarrely like an entire giant book of meta. Like it's fast. There's a million things going. It takes place in like in the middle of a battle. Mm-hmm. People are just like popping up out of nowhere and the whole thing's set up by like baby flash. Like it's so odd. It's so odd. Impulse? Yes. His name's Impulse? His name is Impulse because he has no impulse control. Mm-hmm. And he, like, weirdly narrates and he's, like, talking about how everybody comes together and he literally does, like, a full-page spread of, like, Young Justice is back! And, like, as meta as it could possibly be. It is zany. It is bright. It is weird. It makes no sense. There's no context. There's no buildup. It's just, like... Ba-plow! And you have no idea what just happened or why it's happening and if you should care. But it, it's a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, I would recommend picking it up. Nice. But know yeah, that heard, it is not traditional Bendis. I've heard good things. His, um, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen too many reviews, but I've heard people saying good stuff about it. So It's worth it. Um, On my end, super excited. Criminal's back. So anything Brubaker, Ed Brubaker, and Sean Phillips touch, I will buy. <laughs> they could do a like twenty-four part maxi series that's all about a broom talking to a vacuum cleaner about <laughs> brooming and vacuum cleaning things, and I would buy the shit out of it. Uh, love those guys. I love everything they they read. If you They're haven't read, booze. if you haven't read the original Criminal Runs. Um, if you haven't read the Fade Out, Fatal, Killer Be Killed, and going way back to Sleeper, they're Ooh. like cult classic. Check them out because they're awesome. But yeah, Criminal is back. It, this issue, because the whole thing with Criminal is that each kind of story arc pops up with different characters, and this one focuses on Teague Lawless, who is one of the kind of recurring characters, the Lawless family is one of the recurring groups of characters. And it's just good. It's just fun, like, gritty, noir crime books. It's nothing, like, overly intense, like, we've got to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> um, but it's it's fun. It's just a fun read, and the art's so gritty and painted and cool, and everything they do, you can just tell they just love to do it. And so, pick up... Criminal, number one, uh, it's a hefty read, got a lot of text, because Brubaker loves to write, um, and the voicing's great, and the narration's great, just, I love, I love that team. He doesn't gush team. much, you guys, yeah, I, but, I, but this one, he gushes. I love, love that team. Anything they touch, you'll, I still haven't read um, All My Heroes Are Junkies, is that what it's called? All My Heroes Are Junkies, the one they just put yeah. out the hardcover? Yeah. I need to get to that i just haven't had a chance to i have too many weeklies coming out so i can't read all these like graphic novels and crap that i've got <laughs> i know i have a couple so. i have a couple trades that i've got kind of like on the shelf staring at me making me feel guilty on a regular basis mm-hmm. but that's what happens when you read like everything it's a lot oh uh, i also read uh, avengers 12 i wanted to talk about that one uh it was a fun issue um, I don't know if everyone's reading the Avengers title that's been starting. It's been good. It kind of hasn't really 
I don't know. They've spent a lot of time being very pretentious about how cool the Avengers are. <laughs> so, like, the first few issues were very, like, we're the Avengers. Oh, let's all hug it out. And, um, <laughs> you know, really, like, just circle jerking the Avengers. And they just haven't done much. Like, they, there was, like, a Namor became a bad guy again because he's got nothing better to do, I guess. <laughs> and is, like, warring for the oceans and... I mean, Avengers 10 was a bonkers issue and set up a bunch of cool stuff that could happen, but it still just hasn't really gone there. They're about to do this whole, like, vampire civil war, so you'll probably hear me talking about that because I'm actually really excited about that, and it's going to introduce some new characters. Um, That's kind of cool. It'll be cool, so I'm really pumped about that, but otherwise, the title's been somewhat missable, but this issue was really fun because it, they pulled in a bunch of really kind of side characters hmm. um, because basically the whole premise is that Black Panther's setting up kind of subsidiary parts of the Avengers so like people to watch Avengers Tower and help them with certain things and then what he's calling the agents of Wakanda so people to do like infiltrate things so he's got like Janet Van Dyne came in um, and she's helping him out Kazar is there he brought in Brew to be his IT. So what you're telling me is that Black Panther is running a corporation and now he's made committees. Basically, yeah. He's bringing in... <laughs> he's just bringing in all these, like, little side characters that you don't see much, like the Gorilla Man from Agents of Atlas. Like, what? it's just cool wow. to see huh. these characters, like, that really don't get that much airtime in a major, like, a main Avengers book, having a voice and being able to be characters and being huh. able to be expounded upon um that's pretty cool and he's got like okoye is running his agents of wakanda so right. she's like in charge of his like version of shield kind of is what yeah. he's doing and um yeah it's cool i like the issue it's worth picking up even if you haven't been keeping up like i said not much has happened overall in the avengers thing main thing you need to know is that there were bad celestials there's not bad celestials anymore there you're caught up um and thor and she hulker Thor and She-Hulk are making the beast with two backs, <laughs> which I'm sure is great for the seismic recordings of the area. Um, and they're in Antarctica now, the Avengers are, and they belong to Wakanda, technically. So, uh, there, you're caught up. Otherwise, right. there's not really, villain-wise, there's not really a whole lot you need to know going into it, but I recommend picking up Avengers 12 if you'd like to see kind of B-level Marvel characters have some love. It was cool. Nice. Well, now we'll move on to the news. You've got a bunch of news about uh, End of the Spider-Verse, right? Yeah. End of the Spider-Verse is having a big week, y'all. Big week. So it got kicked off by Katy Perry tweeting about how she's not really a Spider-Man fan, but she saw End of the Spider-Verse and it was awesome. And now she's into it, which in some context is like, Good for you, pop star. But then the other side of it's like, no, actually, that's awesome. Way to use your powers for good, Katy Perry. Like, repping for the nerd yeah, team. Yeah, true, yeah. I dig yeah. that. Like, you know, any word you can spread on this really good movie. Like, it's mm -hmm. quality. And it yeah, it's supports, an awesome movie. So yeah, it's, it's... and it supports diversity. And mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's a cool film. And it's cool that she is, you know, doing that. Because... You know, there for a while, Katy Perry kind of got a little pretentious, and it's been like, oh, okay, whatever, Katy. But this is cool. Hey, you know, props to her. We don't need beefing with Katy Perry. You know, she'll beef with anybody. 
No, no, no. She just gets in beefs because she ended up beefing with Tay-Tay. They really should have, uh, Arby's should have hired her for, said I H. John Benjamin. H. John Benjamin. Because she's got a lot yeah, of beef. <laughs> Katy Perry, we have the beefs. <laughs> joke that was was terrible i don't think they could pay Katy perry in lifetime worth of arby's the way they do it i'm pretty sure that's how i mean if arby's walked in here right now and was like hey do you want like two free sandwiches a year i'd be like yeah (laughs) what do i have to do dedicate your life to arby's okay two free sandwiches are you sure is that i'll take one Don't even kid. You'd take some cheese sticks. Like, I would take on. some cheese sticks and like a sprinkling of Arby's sauce. But if they wanted to give me lifetime Arby's... I'm negotiating know. for some curly fries, damn it. So you're just going to have to prepare get, for that. I'm putting this out on the record. I would get Arby's logo tattooed on my cheek for lifetime Arby's. No, no, no. Don't. Call no. me, Arby's. Don't. Please, God. Please don't do that God. to me. That'd be Awesome. Oh, man, we're going to have to invest in a lot of foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but, yeah, so Katy Perry and then, like, right afterwards, in the Spider-Verse, won Golden Globe for Best yep. Animated Film. Badass. Which is amazing. Yep. Awesomeness. So happy for that. And then that spiraled into now it's being greenlit for animated TV shows. Oh, really? And we already know it's getting the sequel. Now yeah. there's talk about another sequel. The like and They're yeah. priming... Spider Ham. (laughs) They are going Spider Ham. On Spider Ham. It is it is all over it. So Spider Verse has really kicked up some traction and it did get nominated, I believe, for an Oscar. So I believe. I don't quote me on that. So they got nominated for all of them. Yeah. It totally applies for best drama. Yeah, best drama, best musical, uh, I mean, it kind of was musical. There's a lot of music in that. This is the soundtrack, right? I was listening to that today. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. I've got like half of it on my workout playlist. Yeah, it's really good. But, um, cool. Yeah, so lots of Spider Verse news. Um, my other news is that Woot Woot, Woot. Batwoman. Did you just it, say Woot? I did say Woot. Who says Woot? I do. Don't I judge me. I'm the only person that says Woot. You probably have a MySpace, too. I did. A long time ago. Shut up, I can say woot. Anyway, <laughs> Batwoman got greenlit for a TV show. Yep. She's going to be on her own show yeah, in the Arrowverse. Just, not just like a spinoff thing anymore. She's not just featured on Supergirl anymore. She is her own legit <laughs> real deal. And it's fun too because uh, we're actually yeah. in the process right now of kind of trying to get caught up on the Arrowverse stuff. Yep. There's a lot. Yep. There's a lot to There's get caught up on. Six years of TV that we... We are plowing through it hard. Because we didn't have cable, and we didn't have the services that gave you access, and Netflix put them up late, so we always it was always just on the back burner, and then we started doing this, and we were like, damn, we really need to be like up on Arrowverse. Yeah, we really need to get into it, and so, I'm feeling it. Right now, we're still kind of early yeah. Arrow and early Flash, but... I'm digging it. I enjoy it. Diggle is my boy. Love that guy. It's true. It's true. And Oliver needs... To chill. He really needs some patience, guys. Anyway, you'll probably hear us talking about Arrow. We might... That'd be fun. If we're thinking of something to do at like the end of an episode, we should just like do our reaction to Arrow stuff. 
<laughs> so everyone could be like, ha ha, that was in 2014. <laughs> You're so irrelevant. What are yeah. you doing? <laughs> look, at, look at you talking about shit we've known about for four years. Spoiler alert, yeah. guys. <laughs> Uh, Anywho. Anyway, Batwoman. Yep. So I'm going to get caught up. I, I want to be caught up by the time that starts because I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. Feeling it hard. Speaking of green lining stuff, I was going to talk about uh, the Venom sequel is officially greenlit. Nice. Um, and what's cool is they're getting the same writer oh. to do it, which I, I'm happy about um, and kind of surprised because that doesn't always happen in movies when they get kind of panned. Yeah. Because Venom didn't do really well on the reviews. I loved not. it. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I'm kind of into that weird, kind of goofy humor that Venom kind of put out. Well, and it killed um, internationally. So yeah, yeah. clearly somebody liked it. But yeah, Kelly Marcel is going to be returning to write the script and executive produce. As far as we know, everybody who was on board is still on board. All the same producers and actors. Um, it's more than likely going to feature Carnage. Uh, because that's how that one ends with him interviewing uh, Cletus Cassidy. And yeah, it's just cool to see. It's I'm glad that I knew they were going to do a sequel. Like, that's not a surprise. But I guess what I'm happy about is that the same writer gets to pen it. So the voicing will stay the same and it's not going to feel very like flip flopped between like different attempts to make it work. Yeah. It's going to feel like a cohesive unit. So. It'll maintain consistency. My only request is that they recast the wig for Michelle Williams. <laughs> because Maybe they could give Michelle Williams Woody Harrelson's wig. <laughs> it would be better. I, just no swap. offense, Michelle. She's beautiful. Like she's a beautiful woman. Her but hair that was hair little, was yeah. so bad. It was a little rough. It was distracting. Coming, she did a great acting job, and I couldn't pay attention because of her horrible bangs. Coming, Don't. Coming from a bald guy. <laughs> girl, your hair. Um, <laughs> so that's cool. I'm excited about that. Um, other thing I wanted to talk about is DC Universe comics are... Now a part of the Comixology Unlimited service. So it's like a, if you don't know what this is, it's a $6 thing that you can pay, $6 a month, and it gives you access to comics from all different types of companies. Marvel joined in on it two years ago, I think. So Marvel's been on there for two years. Um, DC just joined up, and these are like backlog comics. So I don't know if anybody's done... I haven't personally done the DC Universe program, um, but I did Marvel Unlimited for a while. And for those of you that have done it, you know what I'm talking about. But for those who haven't, Marvel Unlimited is their like digital comic service. I did it when I first started working at a comic shop because I wanted to get caught up on stuff that I had missed because there was like a period of time where I didn't read comics. Yeah. So like I never read Old Man Logan when it was like first out. So we were I poor college back kids. And read that. We I had no money. Caught up on all of the Ultimate Universe. And but the thing about it is is that it's not fresh books. It's not like new comics. Right. You can on the company's website you can buy new comics, but the Marvel Unlimited and Comicsology, it's older stuff. Yeah. Um, so they have like a list of what they put on there, and it's some pretty good stuff. I think like All Star Superman was on there, bunch of Vertigo stuff like American Vampire, Astro City, Preacher, Sandman, 
V for Vendetta, Watchmen, Why the Last Man. So they got a bunch of cool stuff. Oh, yeah, that's some really good um, stuff. A lot of their stuff from twenty that started up in 2016, like older issues of their like main superhero titles. So it's it's relevant and new and cool stuff. Like Batman White Knight is on there. Oh, um, wow. I don't know specifically. I couldn't find, and I don't use it. So, you know, if anybody knows, you can comment and correct me on this. But... I don't know what the lead time on the issues is. Because, mm. like, on the Marvel Universe thing, Marvel Unlimited, it was, like, three months. Okay. So you'd get books that are, like, three months old. But you'd get them for the monthly rate. Right. And then DC has their own, like, DC Universe thing, and that's where they have, like, TV and movies and comics. Right. And it's more expensive. I don't know how much. I didn't, honestly, I didn't do my research. I'm bad at this. Um <laughs> I did. I didn't. Uh, uh, Full-time jobs. But it's, it's thing. more expensive by far than this, but it gives you a lot more. But I don't know if there's a lead time on their comics there or if you get, like, fresh comics for the monthly rate. But mm. it's cool to see, honestly, I don't know. I, I'm, I've always been very on the fence about digital books. You're kind of on the fence about, like, all digital reading, too, though. I Yeah, I mean, that's true. I don't want to get into my, like... English major, print is not dead rant. But um, <laughs> for comics, it's on one end, you know, the printed stuff is just so cool. And, you know, it's more about the art and the physical medium, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, comic shops are all small businesses for the most part. So buying comics regularly supports these small businesses. Right. And, you know, supporting a small business gets back to the community and yada yada. Um, on the other end, you know, the accessibility and the ease of access of things like Comixology and Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe. Giving people comics without having to find a comic shop or go through the rigmarole of setting up a file if it's a smaller shop and they only order the files or whatever it might be. Um, and then having to store comics, which we have come to find is an experience tough. Um, and uh you know so that's great because it gets people access to comics and gets them interested in comics and brings them in but on the downside it also takes the money away from you know if i can get on and if i can pay six dollars a month and read the entirety of why the last man why do i need to go to my local comic book shop and buy trades of it yeah you know why do i need to collect it so I'm on the fence because it, it, you know, it gives people more accessibility to the medium um, and the culture, but it also could potentially hurt the culture in its own way. I think so, I one know. positive about it, though, is that it does provide an alternative for a lot of people. You know, they may not go to the comic book shop for their trades. They might go to Amazon. Mm -hmm. So instead, you know... Which hurts the comics books stores. Yeah. So one positive from it is that if they're going directly to a source like Comixology and they're, you know, they're giving money directly to Marvel and DC and these titles and instead of giving it to Amazon and these big box stores. So that helps with more production and more creation. Mm -hmm. So that's one positive is that if they're going to go an easier route or a route that's not small business, mm -hmm. then at least they're they're not just giving money to organizations or companies that probably don't really need it. Yeah, fair. But yeah, they're on there now. DC's on there now. A lot of good stuff on there. So if you got six bucks to burn, um, sign up for it. I think they even do like a 30-day free trial. 
Um, so it'd be cool. I still highly recommend getting physical comics. Um, if you're on a budget, maybe get physical ones of ones that you really care about or like the real classics like the Dark Knight series and Watchmen and Why the Last Man, V for Vendetta, stuff like that. Or pick a series that's really important to you like Batman or Flash or Aquaman and get the physicals of those and then use the subscription service to like I did to catch up on stuff and like catch things that you missed. Um, save yourself some time and money there. But DC is now on there. Marvel's been on there for two years. And I believe Image is on there, too. I don't know. Man, that's Somebody. a lot of options. So, yeah, and I mean, there's tons of other companies, tons of other, like, indie creator-owned books and, like, old books on there. So it's really cool. It's a cool service. So what is our final topic for the episode? Okay, so I was going to talk about this in the news section, but I figured we could just do a lump at the end here. <laughs> I like lumps. Um, I saw that the there was a petition recently started up, as our society is wont to do. We petition everything. Um, we start really <laughs> important petitions. This petition is the Save Daredevil petition. <laughs> and um, on change.org. Because change.org is really going to change the business model of Netflix. Yep. Uh, as of, I think yesterday is when this article was, 126,000 people have signed it. Actually, let me just pull up the change.org. 146,915 and still going up as I'm looking at it have signed this petition to bring back Daredevil. Hashtag save Daredevil. So I wanted to talk about what your prediction and share what my prediction is with what's gonna happen with the Netflix stuff. Cause you know, for the quick breakdown, so there's Iron Fist, Punisher, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones. Yes. All of those have officially now with the Punisher announcement made it to their second season. And only Daredevil has made it to a third season. And over the course of the end of last year, Iron Fist season two came out and then Iron Fist season two got canceled or Iron Fist got canceled. Yes. Luke Cage Season 2 came out, and then Luke Cage got canceled shortly yes. after Iron Fist. Daredevil Season 3 came out, was wonderful, possibly my favorite season. Very good. Um, and then it got canceled. Yeah. Jessica Jones has made it to Season 2. There's supposed to be a Season 3 coming, but I haven't heard much about that. It's in limbo. It's kind of in limbo, but it hasn't been canceled yet. And then this week, in addition to the Daredevil petition... Uh, teaser trailer earlier on in the past week and then the real trailer for Punisher Season 2 happened. Yes. And so everyone's getting ready for Punisher Season 2 to come out. When does it come out? Do you know? Uh, don't know. Look it me. up while I, while I ramble. Um, <laughs> Punisher Season 2 is coming out. Looks good. Um, looks, Jigsaw. Looks very Punisher-y. It's got slightly handsome Jigsaw in it, I guess. Yeah, it's um, weird. Not enough scarring. And, uh, you know, everyone's ready for that to come out, and then they binge watch it, and then, like, two weeks later, we find out that it's canceled. Punisher Season 2 will premiere on Netflix on January 18th. January 18th. Damn. Soon. Wow. That's, that's, so you, that's kind of disconcerting, though. Binge some Punisher and then go to a magic pre-release. That'll be fun. Oof. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> um... That's really so what do you fast, think? though. What do you think's going to happen? Well, Are Jessica Jones and Punisher going to get canceled? Is the 
according to actors, I know Deborah Ann Wall from Daredevil mentioned that it was very much a Netflix decision. Because one of the big rumors has been that Marvel's been kind of pushing the cancelization so that they can put them on their service. But according to a lot of people involved, it was very much a Netflix decision. So I think my speculation, now that I know that it's coming out on January 18th, that's super fast. So to me, that says, okay, let's pump it out. Let's get it out. Let's hide it. Because one thing that we thought was weird is that when we went to watch Daredevil, we had to search for it. Oh, yeah. It was bizarre. I don't know if everybody had. I haven't honestly done a lot of, like, survey on this. Maybe you guys had this experience. But when the weekend Daredevil hit, we sat down to watch it. I couldn't find it. I was We watched Netflix on the PlayStation app, and we loaded it up. It's a Netflix original. It's a really popular series. And even in the section that was like, because you watched Iron Fist, we had all the other Marvel shows. And not Daredevil. And no Daredevil. We had to go down to the trending now and scroll for about a mile and a half, and then we found Daredevil. It, it was, was bizarre. so weird. It was very strange. So I think they're they're just trying to tuck and run. So mm-hmm. my theory Who is they? Are you talking Netflix. about talking about Netflix? I think Netflix is pissed because they know that Marvel's not gonna give them full like control. And one of the rumors that I heard was that the Netflix didn't wanna cut the season sizes down. Mm-hmm. So Marvel wanted to cut the seasons down to eight episodes and Netflix said no. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, like, negotiating, Netflix was just like, nope, cut and run. And so, to me, them launching this season so quickly, like, we literally just got the trailer, and they're doing it almost a week later. That, to me, says they just want to get everything out and get their hands clean and then get rid of everything, which... I think has a lot of potential because they have said that the Netflix shows are part of the MCU. They are officially part of the MCU. Kevin Feige has said that over and over again. They are part of the MCU. They're not in the movies yet, but they're part of the MCU. And if that's the case, then they totally can move over to the Disney service. They'll probably be different and they'll probably be, you know, maybe they'll only be eight episodes a season, which whatever, that's fine. I don't need to binge for hours and hours and days and days. That's fine. It's fine. But I almost would prefer it because I think it'll give Marvel more gumption to do more with the characters. Mm-hmm. Part of my concern, because something that we've actually noticed and been talking about going a little bit back to talking about how we've been watching Arrow. One of the cool things about Arrow and the Arrowverse shows is that they throw actual DC villains in every single episode. Every episode. And because they're weekly productions, they are, you know, on a season schedule, they come out one episode at a time, they're a little more compact, and they actually take the time to develop characters that already exist in the DC universe. And I think that's really cool. Because the problem with these Netflix shows, in my opinion, is that they come out on Netflix in one lump sum, so they only have to really focus on one villain because they anticipate everyone watching this like a 13-hour movie. Which I don't think is always great because sometimes you have seasons like Jessica Jones Season 2 when the main villain isn't even an actual villain from the, the 
Marvel Universe. They made somebody up. Mm-hmm. And that sucks to me because you have all these capabilities and all these possibilities to develop these really cool characters that already exist and you just don't. And to me, I think that's a Netflix choice, not necessarily a Marvel choice because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Like if you have your own writers making up characters, you don't have to pay licensing on them. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Like you just do whatever you want. You just kind of fake it. And so if it goes back to Marvel and Disney, if they actually take it over to this Disney streaming service, which, you know, we've already gotten announced for a Scarlet Witch and Vision show, Mm -hmm. and we've got Loki show on the way, if they move it over there, then maybe we'll actually start to get some of these, like, B-list Spider-Man villains and weird Avengers villains and stuff yeah, yeah. that or would be more interesting at and the actually very least, more comic Yeah, at the very least, like, take the villains that we see to the level that they could be at. So, right. like, we got Typhoid Mary, and for the most part, she was just a chick with guns. and She was cool! Like, it was, it was a cool season. No pyrokinesis, but... none of the, like, suggestive telekinetic stuff. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. It would be cool to, yeah... You know, it'd be cool to see those characters not only pop up, but be like, like if you're gonna use Beetle, don't make it just like a guy, like some gangster who calls himself Beetle. Have it actually be a dude in like a Beetle suit shooting beams at people. You know? Well, and we were just talking about how Jigsaw. <clears throat> we were seeing like the preview of him in the new Punisher, and like in the comics, Jigsaw is jacked up looking. Mm-hmm. Like when they call him Jigsaw, it's because his face looks like a jacked up puzzle. Like it's not cool. But on this, he's got, like, he's a pretty boy with a couple scars on his face. Like, and they're not going to push those limits because they've established this, like, very grounded in reality, very, you know, limited basis Mm. production, which works in a lot of cases. I've really enjoyed the Netflix shows. But going back to Marvel and Disney with a potentially bigger budget Mm -hmm. and potentially bigger aspirations of being featured in the movies and stuff. Yeah, and more connection to the MCU. Yeah, you're going to have more capabilities. And I think potentially much bigger ramifications. I 100% think the shows are going to pop up on the Disney Plus thing, or at least the characters. I don't know if they'll immediately load on the shows themselves or maybe just like bring daredevil into other stuff and have jessica jones pop up here and whatnot my concern is if punisher and jessica jones don't get canceled then there might be weird licensing stuff because i don't know if they're all licensed together and that might be netflix way of kind of like preventing disney from putting daredevil on their service i don't know if that's going to happen that's all just conjecture but it wouldn't surprise me. That's like corporate moves that people could pull. But, you know, it's not unheard of for a show to get canceled on one network, like a television network, and then pop up on a different one. It happened recently with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You know? Yep. That one was canceled on whatever channel it was originally on, popped back up on another channel. It happened to Futurama. It happened to American Dad. Last Man Standing. Yeah, Last Man Standing. Um, Roseanne. Roseanne, yeah. So it's not unheard of for that to happen. Does it maybe get kind of weird with it being a streaming service? I don't know. I don't know where the legality is. Again, I don't know if they'll be able to move everything or use the same actors if, say, like, Punisher remains. Like, what if Jessica Jones gets canceled and Punisher remains? So I don't know. We'll, but I 100% think Disney will want to push those on their Disney service. As to why, 
no one has really, as far as I know, come out and said, hey, here's why these got canceled. The official Netflix release about Daredevil almost seems to suggest that they were canceling Daredevil because season three was too good. Because <laughs> um, they're like, figure. we want to end on a high note. And season four is already planned out. They already knew. Everyone expected, like all the actors were shocked because everyone expected to be coming back. Yeah. And they already knew where they were going to take it. They already had like storyboards lined out and like all the cast and crew was ready to roll and then boom, gone. And, um, you know, I was one of those conspiracy theorists that I thought it was Marvel making moves. So it was like Marvel and Disney maybe like increased the price or became more difficult to handle behind the scenes. Like maybe had more production, like nitpickery. Right. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I would hedge my bets on viewership being down and the effort of working with Marvel outweighing having more space and time to put out more of their own original stuff because Netflix has just been pumping out original stuff. That's true. Um, so maybe getting rid of these gives them more of the ability and they don't have to go through Marvel to do it. They can just like put out stuff. Well, um, there's also a thought process involved too because of the Millar stuff coming. True, yeah. I mean, they they signed on with Millar World, so maybe, you know, they want to make that their main, like, comic-y based focus. In regards to the production with thinking, you know, what if they kept Punisher, I feel like that's going to become a battle between Netflix and Disney, but I... I think Disney outranks Netflix in terms of money and power. I think... Oh, yeah, by far. So I feel like if Netflix is like, oh, we're going to do the play and we're going to hold on to Punisher, Marvel's going to make it impossible to keep those rights. They'll just be like, okay, well, now you have to pay us this, 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 and this. Well, I mean, they've done that in the past (laughs) when they've, like, flexed on Fox over, you know, Fantastic Four. That's how they got Daredevil. Right. You know, by flexing on different licensing rules and stuff. But... I don't know. I don't know what the licensing agreement around that was. And I imagine, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm not an entertainment <laughs> lawyer. But I imagine if they were all licensed as a package and Netflix is actively putting out seasons of even just one of them, then it could, you know, hold those in place as part of the deal. But I don't know. That might be false. You know, that might, that might not be true. I don't know how it works. I know with movie licensing, it's usually, like, a dated thing, but I don't know with, like, syndicated, like, TV licensing. Is it, like, you got to put out a certain amount of seasons every year? Is it, like, you got to do this, you got to do that? True. So I don't know. But, yeah, there's a lot of talk that viewership was down, and that's why Netflix canceled it. Um, I personally, I'm standing by the working with another company on their original stuff is not worth the time and effort Netflix could be, and money that Netflix could be using on stuff that just goes straight to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you have two restaurants functioning out of the same building, it's not going to, you know, it's going to be more headache than if you guys just had your own place. Right. You know what I mean? Or it's, it's like consignment. You know what I mean? It's like, hell, it's like selling shit on eBay. You know, like, (laughs) if I have somebody come in and, like, come to me and they want a comic that's, like, $10 versus somebody who wants it on eBay for $10, I'm going to sell it to the guy in person because then I don't have to pay eBay. 
you it's know? true. So, like, Netflix is spending time and money, and Marvel's spending time and money, but it's getting split, or I don't know how it's split, to be honest. Netflix might just make pure profit off of it, for all I know, but um, in my opinion, I think they just want the resources they're using on this to do stuff that's just theirs, as opposed to, like, theirs and Marvel's. That makes sense. That's where, that's where I think it lies, and so I think they saw season three be badass, and then they were like, okay, done. Because, I mean, all of them, every single one of them ended with setup for what the next season was going to be. That's true. And I'm pretty sure most of them already had, like, pre-planned a lot of what the next season was going to be. Um, I'm interested to see if we even get a season three of Jessica Jones. I don't know. Because I'm wondering if after Punisher goes, they're just going to be like, done, you know, and then move away. But, like I said, I 100% expect these to pop up on Disney+. Plus. I think the only concern I would have with the Disney+, Plus is that these are higher rated than typical Disney stuff. So, like, in terms of violence and gore and destruction and sexual content, like, they're a little more mature than the usual. Yeah, but, I mean... If that's the route they're going, then they're not going to be able to put Rogue One on Disney+. Plus. Mm. You know, they're not going to be able to put... That's a good Hell, point. you wouldn't be able to put Infinity War on, you know, Disney+. Plus. That's true, and technically, I think Disney still owns rights to things like Alien. Oh, I don't know. So they could probably put that, yeah. Didn't they get fact, the rights to Rocky Horror Picture Show? They got a lot of rights. Yeah. Maybe this this could... I'm really interested to see what this Disney Plus well, yeah, ends up they, looking like. They did the Fox merger, and, you know, for anyone out there who thinks it was because of the X-Men, stop. It wasn't. It was because of <laughs> their TV shows. So now, for their streaming service, they have everything Fox to put on their streaming service. That's a lot. And that's a ton of stuff. And honestly, that's a, they wanted it more for the TV presence than anything. Which is Because they get all the TV stations, which is awesome. They get all that IP that they can throw in on their streaming service, you know, so when people are like, hey, I want to watch Futurama, why is Futurama not on Netflix anymore? Suddenly it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. You know? Because I think Fox still, even though it went to Comedy Central, I think it might still, I don't think it belongs to them. I think it's still uh, Fox, but I don't know. You know, but that's, in my opinion, they're definitely going to pop up there. Even though they're darker, you know, you're not going to be able to have a streaming service that's just, like, bubbly and kid-oriented all the time. T for teen. Plus, <laughs> if I can get on there and watch Simba's dad get stampeded to death, I should be able to get on there and watch Matt Murdock punch the crap out of some gangsters. That's a good point. I was considerably more scarred by Mufasa's death than I was by anything that Daredevil has ever done. My only other thought about the Netflix thing is that I wonder if they foresaw that Disney Plus is going to overtake the world. And so they decided to go ahead and cut their losses early before Marvel starts giving them grief about the rights. Like, yeah. they they figured, you know, okay, Marvel's gonna, or Disney's going to go out there. They're going to test the waters. They're going to launch the streaming service. When they start needing more content, they're going to look back at Netflix and be like, give to us. Mm-hmm. And then... They're going to have to pay out, you know, an egregious amount of money to either flip it or all of the stuff. And so why waste time and money on, you know, producing more seasons that give them, you know, moderate income and moderate, you know, reception when they could just go ahead, 
pass the buck, be done with it, so that when Marvel's like, hey, we want those, they can go, okay, here you go, we're done in it anyway. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll see. As of now, the Save Daredevil petition has, let's see what it's got up to, 147,063, four, five. Ooh. Ooh, people are just signing this thing. Six, Ooh. man. <laughs> so yeah. It's a good show. It's fine up there. It's got to get 150,000 apparently. I don't know how they decide petition things. Is there like some grand petitioner? They like climb a mountain and they're like, grand petitioner. <laughs> I wish to do a save daredevil petition. How many signatures might I need? <laughs> So I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's our episode. That's a wrap. Wrap it up. Wrap it up like a sandwich. Like a sand? That's a that's just a wrap though. If it's a sandwich that's wrapped, it's just a wrap. No, but you get like you go to Publix and they oh, wrap and it. Oh, you like wrap it. In yeah, paper. you wrap a sandwich. Oh, okay. If yeah, you get like a good sandwich, I'm not talking like an Arby sandwich where they like cover it loosely in foil and throw hey, it in your bag so it falls apart. They wrap it with love because Arby's. <laughs> is America's number one fast food institution. That's Arby's. Not a lie. We've got the meats. He really wants Arby's for life, you guys. <laughs> Hashtag non-spawn. <laughs> Anywho, let's close this out. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, if you want more Cover B, you can check us out on our webpage. Yes. Um, you can also find T and I both on our Instagrams. Uh, I haven't posted in a while. I have. I post every day. <laughs> but, you know, you know that because you're following me, right? We have merchandise available if you want cool things like t-shirts and stickers and stuff. Um, we though, even have tote bags. We even have tote bags. We're awesome. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Cover Me Podcast. Correct. And we will see you guys next week. Yeah. For another episode. Am I allowed to do the outro? <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm not allowed to do the outro. Guys, he stole my line. Do you want I you just you always do the intro and the outro. I wanted to fine, yeah. you can do it. Fine. fine. Stay tuned for our next episode. Of cover B. You Bye guys. Thievery. <laughs> <laughs>